All right, and we are going to pick up in the notes for Joel chapter 3, verse 1. In those days, points back to Joel chapter 2, verses 28 to 32. It begins a more complete explanation of exactly how the judgment of the Lord on the nations will be carried out. Captives, contextually, are those of Judah and Israel who had been dispersed throughout the nations of the earth. It answers to verse 2, whom they have scattered among the nations. In a broader sense, some scholars interpret it as applying to dispersed Jews returning to a restored end times Israel. Others see it as symbolically referring to the church. On to the uh, note for chapter two, chapter 3, verse 2 of the book of Joel. Valley of Jehoshaphat. In Jewish tradition, this is thought to be part of the Kindrod Valley between the temple and the Mount of Olives. Jehoshaphat means Yahweh is judge. This, therefore, may be a symbolic place of judgment and decision rather than an actual place in Joel's mind. On to the note for verse 3. Cast lots for my people. When a nation was conquered, it was a common practice to distribute the slaves by drawing lots. Boy as payment for a harlot, girl for wine. The terrible condition of actually using boys and girls as currency to pay for a night with a prostitute or to get a glass of wine. And then moving on here. The notes for verses 3 to 8, it states, This section deals with the contemporary nations in Joel's day. They also represent God's enemies throughout history. Tyre and Sidon. These were the main cities of the Phoenicians, and here stand for all the Phoenicians. Coasts of Philicidia. A coalition of five major city kingdoms that were the old age enemies of Israel. These include the modern area of the Gaza Strip. Hmm. Funny. Funny again. <clears throat> the more things change, the more they stay the same. People have hated Israel and God's people for since the beginning of time. And it carried all the way over most recently to Hitler, where he tried to literally wipe Jewish people off the map. Right up to right now, when I ran their next door neighbor, still to this day, their very mission is to get nuclear weapons so that they can do that very thing, wipe Israel off the map. This latest blow to the Iranian nuclear program was simply delaying what some see as the inevitable, but again, with God's promise of divine intervention on that last day in that battle, it will not happen, they will not succeed. But we will see that in things to come in a supernatural way. Moving on to the note here for verse 5. This may refer to the plundering of Judah and Jerusalem during the time of Jeroham. Um, and then moving on to the note for verse 9. Prepare for war. This is not a call to Judah, but to the heathen nations. And then moving on, we have a few more notes to look at here between... Joel chapter 3 verses 10 to 17, beat your plowshares, pruning hooks. 
This is an inversion of Isaiah of Isaiah 2:4. There, there, the weapons of war are to be made into instruments of peace. Here, the the implements of peaceful agriculture are to be made into weapons of war. The language is symbolic. <clears throat> Moving on to verse 11, your mighty ones are the heroes of God, or the heavenly armies which carry out His bidding. On to note verse uh, 13, the harvest is ripe. The wine press is full refers to the fact that the nations are ripe for God's judgment. These figures are also used for the last judgment of God in Revelation 4. Moving on to the note verse uh, 14, multitudes. The word can also be translated tumult and refers to the noisy multitudes flowing into the valley of decision the place of God's final verdict. Then finishing up here with the notes for verses 16 and 17. It is only to his enemies that the Lord is terrible and fearful. To his remnant, those people who have responded to his call by calling on him, he is a shelter and a strength. And then finally for verse 17, Jerusalem stands not for the capital of the earthly Israel, but for the purified city where God dwells with his people. No aliens, that is, no unrighteous will be permitted to enter after the judgment and cleansing by the Lord. Amen. Again, nobody wants to see this time. It's going to be a sad time in history. I believe when we see the great white throne judgment, for example, I envision the saints of God lined up in a line shoulder to shoulder. And then in the center of that line will be the people, the goats that are going to be judged. They'll be our, our unsafe friends, our unsafe family that chose their own ways. I believe the saints of God at that time will be weeping and crying. Yes, I do believe we'll be crying in heaven. And I believe at the end of that long row will be Jesus sitting on that great white throne who will be judging those according to their actions and rewarding them with condemnation because they chose to blaspheme the Holy Spirit and not accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We're going to finish up here. Acts chapter 2, verses 16 to 21. And it states, But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, God says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And then looking down at the notes here, 
This note refers first starting at uh, verses 17 and 18. The last days refer to the era of the church from Pentecost to the return of Christ. We are living in that era right now. Again, God is on his timeline, his divine, perfect timeline. If you've ever seen a model of the earth and of our solar system, it's pretty amazing. We are moving through space. We are moving, we are rotating as a planet and we are also rotating as a solar system around the sun and that entire solar system is moving in a direction and that divine timeline that we are on is not coincidence it is not to be taken lightly and we are in the age right now between the day of pentecost and the second return of jesus christ and upon that second return he came as a lamb the first time and was slain now he will return as a lion with a mighty roar against the nations that want to rise up against him the foolish men of this world will actually try to fight the savior jesus christ and they are going to suffer the biggest l whatever you want to call it you can term it whatever you want to in today's modern ridiculous terms they're going to lose they're going to be destroyed and wiped off the face of the earth and unfortunately they'll be judged again based on their own decisions their own choices and god rewards those who choose either salvation or condemnation so finishing up here i will pour out my spirit on all flesh peter explains the unusual events of pentecost in terms of the outpouring of the spirit predicted in joel's messianic word the outpouring of the spirit in the old testament had been largely reserved for the spiritual and national leaders of israel under the new covenant however the authority of the spirit is for all flesh all who come under the new covenant every believer is anointed to be a priest and king to god important evidences of participation in the spirit's outpouring are dreams and prophecies and then finishing up here the note for uh verses 19 to 21 Joel prophesied that this present age would end amidst mighty portents and in divine judgment, and that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter will proceed to establish that Jesus is the Lord who will return in judgment and upon whom people must now call in repentance and faith. Amen. So as we can see Jesus is our Lord and Savior. He is <clears throat> the Lord of our lives and the Savior of our lives. Again, it goes along with the theme of the lion and the lamb. As gentle as the Lord is, he can also come in and be very disciplinary and correct our actions just as lovingly as he does as he saves us. So God loves us so much that he wants us to be made perfect in him and it's only possible through the Holy Spirit and through confessing with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, believing in our hearts that he is Lord and turning away from sin 
and you will be saved. I don't take any delight in recording this episode necessarily, but it is important to realize that we are in that age, that that age between Pentecost and the second coming of Christ. I believe we're closer now than we've ever been to this end times, to seeing these events unfold. As you can look around at the world, um, right now we're in the middle of a global pandemic. There are literally locusts traveling across Europe, devouring crops that they're calling for a worldwide famine next year, in 2021 possibly. There are earthquakes, signs, and wonders all around us. Yet, ignorantly, people ignore it and just want to keep partying, keep living their life, keep living their best life, whatever garbage you want to label it these days. Well, guess what? That best life is coming to an end sooner than we all may think. So you might want to get right with God and really repent because believe it or not, that's that's the ultimate goal of life. That's the only question that matters. Who was Jesus Christ to you? Everything else is secondary. That is the most important thing you will ever answer. And the blessing is this. Look, you make that decision and God starts to bless you and work on you from that minute until eternity. So the the goodness of God far outweighs this judgment and this wrath. Thankfully, that's only a brief moment in time compared to the goodness of God that is available to anyone who calls on his name, anyone who repents and turns from their sin. I highly encourage you. It's a simple prayer. It's a simple act of obedience and the reward and the, 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 the gain that you will experience with that little bit of trust and faith that you put into the Lord will be well worth your time, your effort, and the rest, the grace, all of these things I talk about in these podcasts. It, the God is real. It is real. And I promise you, it is never too late to turn away, to repent from sin, regardless of what you're caught up in in this very moment. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Trust me. When God says Jesus died for the world, he died for the world. Again, we talk about the world. It's not a physical place. The world system. It breaks God's heart to see man separated from him so willingly. And at this point, the way men on this earth, men and women, I I mean man as in us as a race, the way we, (laughs) the way many raise their fist to God and shake their fist, it breaks his heart. But as a holy, just God, he must judge sin. He must judge rebellion. And like he did in the days of Noah, like he did with Sodom and Gomorrah, like he did with many other events throughout the Bible, God will not let sin go unpunished. He has quite the amount of patience to wait and to tarry and to allow for his spirit to move on the earth. But again, 
we are in an age where I believe we will see the second coming of Christ. And again, he came as a lamb first, but he will come as the lion of Judah. And the second coming of Christ is going to be an event in which on a global scale, we can't even comprehend what's coming to our, our way. Thankfully, like it says, though, even in those times, Jesus, God will be our salvation and our shelter, which that's what he wants to be right now. So don't wait. Don't tarry. Don't think tomorrow's going to come because God only knows what tomorrow can bring. And I'd highly encourage you take that step of faith. Again, you take a little step of faith towards God. He will bless you with miles and miles of just grace, love, peace, joy, all the things that we seek in this world. So God bless. Have a great day.